In a world where good news is hard to find, WAVA and One Heart DC present Good News for the City. We're here to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and what his body, the church, is doing to spread this good news in the Washington, D.C. metro area, including Northern Virginia, Maryland, and D.C. As Jesus said in John 17, Father, that they may be one just as we are one. Welcome to Good News for the City. The gospel, the gospel that makes a way. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Good News for the City, the broadcast radio partnership between WAVA Radio and One Heart DC. My name is Brian Bales, and I have the privilege of talking to you today, whether you're listening on the radio or you catch us later on the podcast at goodnewsforthecity.com. And whether you catch us on the radio or whether you do catch us on podcast or whether you catch me on a Sunday in my other job as lead pastor of Christian Fellowship Church in Ashburn, Virginia, the focus and the subject will always be Jesus, the good news that he brings, because as we say on this show all the time, it's the gospel that makes a way. Now, I do believe there are times in our life where we know this intellectually, but it's really, really hard to experience it and believe it in the moment, which is why I'm excited today about this God story we're going to talk about. To give you a little bit of background, Aiden Fleshhood was born in 2009, a healthy baby, and he grew up to be a friendly, talkative, affectionate child, and he had a very big imagination. And then some years later, he was diagnosed with high-functioning autism. And this began a continuing process of discovering and treating many, many difficult symptoms with, of course, a lot of confusing diagnostic conclusions. And Aiden and his family have dealt with diagnoses of autism, pandas, possible genetic abnormalities, Lyme disease, and many other things. Yet Aiden's parents will tell you that about their journey with their son, in the midst of it, how the Lord held them up through it. In fact, some verses that help them to stay focused in this difficult trial are are words spoken by the Holy Spirit through Peter, one of the apostles listed in the letter of 1 Peter that says this, in this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, that perishes through it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not know, not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Their experience as parents, their experience as adults, their experience as human beings will be an encouragement to anyone who's trusting God. Because I think all of us know what it's like from time to time to have a difficult challenge. And many of us also know what it means to have that difficult challenge and to have an uncertain outcome. And so today in the studio with us, we have Aiden's parents. Uh, their first name and is Eric and Colleen Fleshhood, and that's their last name. Just thank you to both of you for being here and being willing, by the way, to share with our audience and, and share with those who will be passed along to, who didn't catch the show up front, about how God shows up in your life. Good morning, Brian. Yeah, thank you. And we're, we're, we're happy to 
that we can do this from our home this morning. Yeah. Great setup. Well, hey, it, uh, love to love to have you here. Thanks for uh, calling in in that way. And and to you, Eric, welcome back. But I'm going to be honest, Colleen, thanks for coming. I hadn't met you before, and I, we haven't talked a lot, but I'm sure you're the better half, much like my wife, Kathy, is the better half. <laughs> I'm glad to be here. Thank you. Well, hey, let me just give you a little background uh, for our listeners. Colleen, born and raised in Sterling Heights, Michigan, came to know Jesus as a student at the University of Michigan. We'll talk about that later. I'm a big Buckeyes fan. I'm still a little sour from a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, but thanks for coming on anyway, by the way. Uh, and when you were at University of Michigan, a fellow student challenged you to read your Bible every day for a month. And then eventually you were called to join the staff of Crew as a missionary in 94, and you served at Indiana University. Eric has been on Good News for the City before, as I mentioned, and you highlighted the Crew Ministry, uh, the Crew Foundation, where he serves currently as the CEO. He was born and raised right here in our listening area in Virginia, and he served with Crew for 25 years. Including, as I said last time, two years assistant to Bill Wright, Bill Bright, and campus director of George Mason University, and, and many other places around the world that he served. And in fact, as we talked about in the show that you were on before, you've uh, helped people understand what it looks like to use their resources financially for kingdom impact at a greater level. And you've earned a chartered advisory advisor in philanthropy designation from the American College. Um, and you know, you enjoy helping other people experience God's pleasure in their stewardship. Um, I found this interesting, by the way. You were set up on a blind date and were married in 1998. We're going to dig into that blind date, I think, here in a little bit. Uh, but you're currently the parents of five children. So let's start there. Um, uh, Colleen, Eric, you know, whoever wants to talk, uh, how do you guys meet? Because if my research is correct, let's just say that there's this first test that people have to go through. And uh, let's maybe Eric didn't do as well as he would have thought on the first test. Talk about that, if you would. Yes, I had. I was. I was already nervous enough to be set up on a blind date mm-hmm. at a at a crew conference with Colleen. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was pretty much love at first sight for me. Sure. But I don't know about Colleen. Well, I grew up in Detroit, Michigan, and it was very important that you drive American-made cars. And mm-hmm. so, one of my first questions for him was, "What car did he drive?" And uh, he failed that test. He had a Nissan, but. Um, it ended up working out anyway. I have a lot of connection to that. My father-in-law is a retired Ford worker out of Cleveland, and that okay. was actually a pretty common test as well. We could talk about off podcast one time how someone pulled up in his driveway to fix something in a non-American car, and he just escorted them out. He's like, I don't need it fixed that bad. <laughs> wow. Yeah, okay. exactly. Well, you know. You met at a crew conference, and uh, obviously both of you were already in process of being involved. But it's one thing to be as individuals involved in a ministry. Now, eventually, you move to being married. Talk about how the two of you then began your ministry together in crew. Yeah. Well, at the time we met, I was uh, working for uh, Bill Bright, president and founder of crew. Mm -hmm. Um, So our assignment was uh, here in Orlando, Florida. Yeah, well, all right. Well, that was that. That answers that for that. I, I thought it was going to Disney World story after that, but I, you know, we'll hold off for that time. <laughs> so let's uh, let's talk about your kids. Obviously, we're going to f- focus some significant time talking about Aiden and the opportunity you have to parent him uh, in a way that shows the truth and the grace of Jesus Christ in some very powerful ways. But as I mentioned, not your only child. Uh, you have five, right? Right. And uh, yeah, what eight. what are their ages? Aiden is the youngest of five, mm-hmm. and my oldest is twenty three, and Aiden's thirteen. Wow. So. All right. Um, and as I imagine like many times all your children are a little bit different, maybe the five points on a star, right? Or are they, are they pretty similar? Well, the top four, um, you know, I homeschooled all of them. And mm-hmm. the top four were um, 
typical or above average yeah came along yeah he had um struggles right from the start and so i knew that he was different um and a little more challenging and so um yeah then we of course grew to understand why mm. um, yeah. but yeah there we've all been changed by or by having Aiden in our family all the kids have have grown significantly through our situation and so um for that we're grateful yeah yeah we've we've got some athletes you know our three middle kids are really into sports our oldest is uh, a great communicator and um, has done well academically and is, is is trying to make his way in politics. So we've enjoyed a, a variety of talents in the family. Yeah, and anyone who's been a parent uh, can probably recognize that we get into rhythms as parents. I know that uh, I was in a rhythm with my first child, and then when God brought the second child to us, I realized, man, this just works differently. I like to describe my children <laughs> yeah. as uh, both being from the same DNA pool but exiting on opposite ends of the pool. That's as yeah, how we talk right. about in our family. And I imagine there was a little bit even more so of that when you've had four children and you develop rhythms and those sort of things. And God blesses you with Aiden. And there's this moment where you begin to understand the rhythm that we've currently been working in or know this is, this is different, not bad, not wrong, just mm -hmm. different. When, when were those moments in your life when you first sort of became aware that Aiden was experiencing something sort of beyond um, what a lot of people experience their common sickness or illness and, and just some of the setbacks that happen often as children grow up. Yeah, almost right from the beginning. At a month old, he was hospitalized with a fever. Mm -hmm. uh, he had developmental delays. Uh, he was developing differently than the other kids. Um, but then it was um, in 20, uh, about 2017, I came home from work one day and Colleen said, you need to, you need to talk to Aiden. And I went, I went to have a conversation with Aiden and all I got was a blank stare mm -hmm. back. He, he wasn't there. He was gone. Um, and that, that was the day I consider he'd sort of, I say metaphorically fell off a cliff. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it just was sudden and, and unexpected. Yeah. He had a lot of brain fog. He was in and out. I felt like it was, um, a nine year old who had dementia. Okay. Some days, some days he would know his name. Some days he wouldn't. I'd ask him simple questions. He wouldn't know the answers. And that began, that brain fog began a series of more than 60 different symptoms that kind of came and went that were mm. very bizarre. And there were um, just a lot of neurological uh, things going on with him. And um, yeah, that's when we began to just go from doctor to doctor to doctor and yeah. try to figure out what was going on. Yeah, there was there was rage. Um, he's his personality completely changed, and that that was the hardest part because he went. I said, tell people he went from being the apple of everyone's eye as the youngest member of the family being doted on, to sadly at one point becoming the person we didn't know we could live if we could live with anymore. Mm. And you know at least from my perspective, and I don't want to assume it's everyone's, it is hard enough to go through something in the difficulty. Talk about, if you would, a little bit, how even it sort of increased the difficulty, if I can say it that way, when you've got symptoms, but then you're trying to figure out how do I help my child? How to do this? Mm -hmm. And you're going to different doctors and you get several sort of diagnoses and, and, and treatment plans. And I imagine some of them were less effective than others. That has to be even more what I would like to say um, 
creating an environment in your life that's even more unstable and more mm-hmm. difficult and more challenging, all those things with the conflicting medical advice and all of that. How did that specifically begin to challenge this moment in your life where we say on the show that it's the gospel that makes a way and that Jesus is good news, but if we're also truthful, sometimes it doesn't feel very good and we're struggling mm-hmm. and we're challenged. I know that I would. How about you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, 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 we were experiencing an emergency. Every day it felt like we were waking up in an emergency, uh, but it felt like you know maybe the, the, our house was on fire, but there was no fire department that mm-hmm. we could call. Um, as we as we went around to the different different doctors, different providers, searching for answers and not getting either a correct diagnosis or not getting anything that made sense or not feeling understood, and uh, you know not, not to bash the medical community because this 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 the set of symptoms we had was completely bizarre. It, um, uh, I got to the point where I created a spreadsheet with Aiden's entire medical history, every doctor's appointment, every symptom, trying to help uh, prepare for the moment we, we would meet House. You know that the yeah, the, the, exactly. The I remember TV that show. show House. Will we ever run into that guy who will look at this list and say, "Oh, know exactly what that is"? Sure, but it didn't happen. Yeah, but eventually, if I understand the story correctly, there there came a diagnosis. But again, even, you know, you have the symptoms, even the diagnosis, there's still, all right, what do we do day in and day out? You know, uh, what does Aiden's day-to-day plan look like? What does your day-to-day plan look like for someone um, who may be thinking, oh, here's the challenges I go through. I, I just maybe need some encouragement. Because you're supplying care all the time at some level. And mm-hmm. how does that affect your life? How does it affect his life? And what are the sort of expectations that come out of that? Yeah, I mean, it. Yeah, you're right that eventually we found the right doctor and found the right diagnosis um, after lots of waiting on God and not giving up. Um, so his he was diagnosed with Lyme disease, and even how we stumbled upon got to that place is there's just so many God stories we don't have time for. But yeah, his day-to-day is, is pretty complex. It takes a long time to explain to someone else. I'm the primary, primary time uh, caregiver and Aiden did, he did miss school for two whole years. Mm-hmm. And, um, and he has just this past January gone back to school full time. Um, so I have a little bit of a break, um, but he, he gets lots of pills, um, uh, medications and supplements. And so, and anytime he's eating something he's taking a lot of pills. Um, we have lots of therapies. We're always doing some kind of therapy or another that I have to take him to after school. And um, I just have to be available um, if the school calls and I have to come and get them. So I feel like my life, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how do I have, a, have my own life, but also kind of be available for my son until he gets um, to be fully healed. Mm-hmm. Um, he has come a long way, uh, but we're still in the middle of this disease and um, we're trying to care for him and, and get him even more functional. Uh, thanks for just your vulnerability in that. And I'm, I'm going to just kind of kind of maybe push in a little bit more if I can. Mm-hmm. There's this tendency many times to live in denial. Like, oh, it's not as bad. Like, if, if I act like it's really this bad, maybe I'm not a good follower of Jesus Christ. Or if I act like, oh, well, everything's okay, when it's really not. And I think we've all experienced if we've gone into a church, and uh, a joke I've used from time to time is you'll meet someone in a church gathering, and you ask them how their life is going, and, and they say, yeah, everything's great, but really they're like, 
their life is a really bad country song. You know, their, their dog is sick, their truck is broke down. Every, you know, it's an analogy for this sort of facade that we often want to have mm-hmm. to not deal with grief as believers. Mm-hmm. And uh, you've actually shared an anonymous poem with friends. It says, why must I weep and others sing to test the deeps of suffering? Why must I work while others rest to spend my strength? That's God's request. Why, why must I lose while others gain to understand defeat, sharp pain? Why must this lot of life be mine? When that which fairer seems is thine. Well, because God knows what plans for me shall blossom in eternity. I, I read that and I just, it, it moves me so deeply, that truth. But I recognize just one thing to read something and, and it moves you. It's another thing to experience it. And so how is recognizing this deep emotional state of grief help you process, you know, what you're feeling and, and find in the midst of it, that God is not wasting your pain. God is not wasting these difficulties. And mm-hmm. what is he healing and showing you in the midst of all this? Yeah, yeah. Well, it, that that poem uh, represents uh, for us, you know, we, we, we had, as we said, four kids who were running with their packs. We were a busy family. We were going out there conquering the world. And everything came to a screeching halt. And all of a sudden, our complete our experience completely changed to the world is passing us by. Oh yeah. We're on the sidelines. Our son is, is being passed by his peers and, and uh, the community. And it just, it was a completely different place. And we had, we just had to admit to ourselves, this is painful. This is the, this is the deepest pain that we have ever experienced in our lives. And we, we need to pay attention to that. Um, This, this we need help. We need to invite others into this space because we can't be self-sufficient in this. That was that was a hard thing to admit to, and that involved you know going to counseling. Each one of us mm-hmm. um, inviting friends and neighbors to to allow them to do things for us that we we normally wouldn't. We was like no, we want to be self-sufficient, but we just were so broken. Yeah, uh, through this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, you know I'll add to that we. You know, we, you mentioned we were both on staff with Campus Crusade, and we were full full time staff workers, Christian workers, and we wanted to share our faith and disciples people, and that's how that's what we wanted to do to glorify God. And then, you know, now suffering has entered our lives, and what I learned is God gently saying to me, "Actually, I'm going to decide how your life's going to glorify me," mm. and 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 that's that is a great thing. I can walk with God when I see different therapists and, and different families that struggle with Lyme. I can, I can, you know, God can use me in those spaces. And it's all about, um, you, you know, seeing God in the midst of suffering. And, and I never would have used that word very lightly, but before this experience, um, we truly have suffered, um, and, but yet, um, I see God differently because of that. I'm different. I see the world differently because of that. Yeah. And, and that's a great thing. And so, you know, God uses all things, mm-hmm. um, to point to himself and he wants fellowship with us. And so, um, you know, Aiden, as he's growing spiritually in the midst of this disease, you know, I get to coach him along and how we can um, walk with God in the midst of suffering Mm. and show that to the world. So to live as Christ and to die, but to die as gain, like I'm here on on earth. And so, 
I walk with Christ and, and, and how he wants me to. Yeah. And as I'm listening to that, especially as you quote, to live as Christ, to die as gain, I think there's moments in life where we know something. And then there's moments in life where Jesus allows us to experience something. And that's what I hear, right? It's, it's kind of like one thing between show and tell. Like, let me tell you about it through scripture, but now let me show you about it through life's experience. And, and I wish we had time today to dig into, you know, a lot of the, what I would like to say, also challenges that come around. And I'm not sure if ancillary is the right term, because it sort of kind of demeans those challenges by using that word. But you know, it puts a lot of stress on the other kids. It puts stress on your marriage. I know as a counselor many times, so many people who I've met that their marriages get to a place where it cannot move on because so much has, has shifted. And, and maybe that's a conversation for another time, how to grow in marriage in the midst of things that are brought to you versus things that Mm -hmm. we brought upon ourselves. But I think it could also be easy to hear some of these stories that we're talking about and to maybe miss some of the blessings you've experienced on the journey. Talk about those if you could. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, we did experience a challenge in our marital relationship because we, we were grieving differently. We had different responses to what was going on. But we, one thing we decided was, Lord, we asked the Lord to spoon feed us every morning together mm. as a couple because we were so weak. And so we would, we, we found a, a wonderful devotional, Streams in the Desert, and that we would read that together, pray over it, just respond. We cried together. We expressed our anger together. We expressed understanding one another. Those 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 fifteen minutes in the morning became more precious than anything. And we, and, and even when I would would have to travel and be apart, it it became so addicting to have that time together. We would call each other on the phone. Okay, we've got to we got yeah. to have our time together this morning. So, you know, all the good intentions of of ha- having the quintessential couples devotional every morning never happened. Sure. Before the Lord brought this this into our lives. And I'm thankful for that. Yeah. And I'll add too that I think we began to realize that we even, we had different responses, but we also have different strengths. Sure. And so we could bring our different strengths to this trial. And when we worked together, we were, we were effective. And then the other thing that was so important is it, it, when we would take aid in places, um, it would, could be very stressful and very chaotic and things would happen but we would have to, and we would respond differently. What what became really helpful is when we'd go home and debrief and how, how, how did you affect me? How did I affect you? So communication just was so important in recognizing um, um, yeah. just the stress responses. And, and yeah. anyway, so yeah, go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, you know, we look, we've learned so much about uh, trauma through this mm-hmm. and understanding and giving people grace, not just each other, but other people now, and just saying, you know what? That was a trauma response. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, you just shared so much there in that short period of time about how God, you know, doesn't waste anything. He uses those things to grow our marriage or to grow us to be more like Jesus over and over again. You know, I'm sure there's someone listening right now that says, oh, that worked for them, but they're not in the middle of whatever I'm with or whatever it might be. Could you, it's one of the things we like to do as we close the show often. Could you speak to someone out there, maybe in the next 30 seconds or so, just maybe encourage them about who God is, even in the midst of their circumstances and when trusting him works and it's worth it, even when it's uncertain. Yes. Well, the first thing I would say is you're absolutely right. What you're going through is unique. It mm-hmm. is different. God is, is telling a different story in your life than he is through ours. But we can absolutely tell you he will meet you in it. He will meet you in it uniquely. He will do something different 
in your story than he's done el- elsewhere. So it doesn't have to look like ours. Yeah, I, mean, I agree. I agree. And I'd say, too, that God does not know or you don't know the future. Only God knows the future. So don't try to predict it. Yeah. Oh, so encouraging. Thank you for this. And if you're listening today, I just want you to maybe take some moments and process the truth of what they're talking about. If you're listening on the radio, the good news is, is, you know, you can listen to this again on podcasts. You can go to goodnewsforthecity.com, uh, click on this episode, listen more about how God is working and we can trust him. And and in the show notes, by the way, there, there's some, be some more information, maybe some doctors you can meet or the book about streams in the desert that we talked about, Limelight Foundation, and so many other things that then can help you as you find yourself in this journey. And so again, Eric, Colleen, thank you for being vulnerable. Thank you for being willing to share your story. Uh, We are so grateful that you have done that for us today. And so uh, as you've been listening today, we are so grateful that you've been listening. If you have a comment you'd like to share to us, you can do that by sending it to comment at wava.com. Or if you'd like to speak to me in person, you can always reach me at CFC at 703-729-3900. That's 703- 729-3900. Again, thanks for listening and thanks for being a part of a group of people who gather together to understand this truth. It is the gospel that makes a way. It's the gospel, the gospel that makes a way. Thank you for joining us and listening to Good News for the City, a gospel partnership between WAVA and One Heart DC. This is a partnership movement which celebrates and seeks to accelerate the move of the gospel into the Washington DC metro area. It is our prayer that through this radio broadcast ministry of good news for the city, we will see transformed lives and communities and more and more people responding to the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to help bring unity to Bible-believing people and churches in order to multiply our impact in our city, and we would love for you to join us. You can learn more at goodnewsforthecity.com. That's goodnewsforthecity.com. Or you can go to wava.com keyword good news. Or you can call us at 703-807-2266. 703-807-2266. And remember, it's the gospel that makes a way.